Hi, and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. We should have been recording all of that early because I'm sure people would have put us right on our uh, our thoughts on cryptocurrencies versus the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, it wasn't versus. It was all part of the same package. Yeah. If anything, it was Mandalorian backs Bitcoin. Yeah, I think it was. Listeners, you should have been there. <laughs> uh, right. How, how are we all doing? Have yeah, we recovered? Good, okay. Have we recovered from the orange party of the weekend? I, well, I, I'd love to have been there. Yeah, it did look like a great event. I did have a massive energy slump after the race, though. I don't know whether it was maybe the hype of the crowd. I was very excited for the race, and the race just wasn't quite matching up to it for me. I blame Tiesto. <laughs> no, DJ Tiesto, apparently. No, that's not his no, name. No, not DJ Tiesto. I don't know why Sky insisted on calling him that. Sky like, did not know who he was. <laughs> no, it's like it's like being like, oh, here is metal band Metallica. Like, that's not <laughs> <Yeah>. the... <laughs> like you don't need to say that. <laughs> or like when Ted Kravitz and Martin Brundle both managed to blank Hector Bellerin from Arsenal because they had no idea who he was. Yeah. I'd, to be fair, I wouldn't. Football's Hector Bellerin. Footballer Hector Bellerin. From football's Arsenal. Yes. <laughs> oh. Really? We all know Lee's a massive football fan. <laughs> I, do you know what? I only worked out. Oh, sorry, I do, because isn't, is uh, Ronaldo going back to Man United? He is there. Right. That means I know a footballer in a team. This and I only realised the other day. I was so out of the thing because I don't really, I don't really go and watch football anymore with people in pubs or anything like that. Um, I was so out of it that I didn't know a single footballer from a team. I couldn't tie a name to a team. I thought you were, about to, I, I thought you were about to say you still thought Ronaldo, I thought you were about to say Ronaldo was still at Man United. No, no. The uh, I um I yeah that that was that's impressive even for me, like for my lack <laughs> no, of knowledge. No, you know, of football. you know one footballer now. Yep, one Good. one one footballist. What you like on F one drivers? Pretty good, I think. <laughs> um, we'll start. We'll start with the news. Um, there's some it's Monday. It's controversial. I know, but, I know, but something's <laughs> happened on a Monday. We've got to we've got to get it in while it's still valid. But only one of the two things that we need to happen has happened on a Monday. The Bottas part. Yes. I mean, the rumours were there that he was going to Alfa Romeo, but I guess where else was the frame to go? Uh, I watched an interesting video this afternoon from the race talking about this, saying that it, uh, in hindsight, it would have been better if, um, under like on his own accord, Valtteri would have hung his helmet up with Mercedes last year, and he there would have been like a host of teams that he could have. Like approached, you know, from McLaren not having Daniel Ricciardo to um, Vettel hadn't gone to Austin Martin, you know, there, there was uh, Alpine hadn't confirmed Alonso. Uh, there was teams he could have tried to go to. Now this time around, he's been stuck with uh, Alfa Romeo and Williams. Yeah, it's, it's it's not giving him not giving him a great deal of choice, has it? Mm. But, I mean, Do you maybe, think he made the right one? Um, I don't know, because Williams is looking a lot better than it has been of late. Yeah. I, but it, it's all for 2022, though, isn't it? The new, the new rules, that's what you got to bear in mind. 
cars able to race closer, cars, you know, hopefully able to pass each other a bit easier as well. Um, hopefully that midfield won't be so midfieldy. You know, <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll have a you'll you'll have a team that could finish, you know, circuit dependent, uh, could finish seventh or eighth one race and then be challenging for the win, perhaps at the next race. Um, purely because of the of, of the new rules that's that's kind of the idea obviously you, you an order will eventually shuffle out but the order totally resets next year so to move teams just as the regulations change it is a throw of the dice it's a pretty big gamble but uh it's one i think bottas is quite keen to get on with mm. i mean we know that fred Vasseur is a big fan of the slightly past their sell by date thing he, he yes, he's he's bought one before. <laughs> the thing is, there's also rumours, isn't there, around Sauber and their future? Like, obviously, Alpha have signed, haven't they? Mm-hmm. For is it another two years in Formula One? That rings a bell. But I think Fred Vasseur is quite keen on getting and getting Sauber as an independent, you know, entity again, um, and possibly moving away from having such close ties to any manufacturer. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the next deal with Ferrari that comes in next year is that they don't have to have a Ferrari junior in the team. So they, you know, they get control of both of their seats, which is the first time since the Alpha deal was announced. So, you know, maybe the separ- the separation is starting now. So 22 and 23, they've got control over the drivers. And then come 2024, God, I can't believe we're talking about 2024 already. <laughs> They're back to be, they're back to being sauber, and they can have the engines that they want. You know, it could be a could be a sauber Alpine. It could be back to the old days of sauber Mercedes. Could be a sauber Red Bull. That's an engine. That is true. Red Bull was the original sauber sponsors. Yeah, well, I don't think they were quite the original sponsors, were they? Because I think Sauber's were black when they first came into Formula One with hardly any sponsorship other than a Mercedes-Benz logo on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Because don't forget, it was Sauber that brought Mercedes back into Formula One in 93. Yeah, they they were the original sort of de facto Mercedes factory team before McLaren took it on. Yeah, but McLaren had those two awful years with Peugeot and Ford in 93 and 94. Four. Then, obviously, ninety-five. They went to Mercedes engines, and that's where the you know the motorsport dominance began. I suppose McLaren obviously carried McLaren carried Mercedes through to like what two thousand and thirteen was it? Was thirteen? Fourteen? I think fourteen was the fourteen was that yeah twenty fourteen was the last year. Was it? Fifteen sounds about right for. Yeah. The start of uh, the, the the era. By which, by which point Mercedes already had their own team and were, you know, winning that year's world championship. So it is all down to Sauber that that happened. Um so yeah, I mean I can understand why Sauber would like to be independent again. We we know that the previous managers of the team might not have done the best job at keeping them um, you know, legally afloat. <laughs> I was just going to go for legal. Yeah, legal is a good one as well, which is strange because she was a lawyer. Um... <laughs> yeah, her, her mouth but... was her mouth was cashing checks that her bank account really shouldn't have accepted. Well, Peter Sauber's bank account shouldn't have, have accepted, but yeah, the um, 
yeah, it wasn't it wasn't run in the best way, and that didn't come to light until some time afterwards. Obviously, but the um, for Fred Vasseur, obviously, he used to be at Renault. Now he's at um, Sauber, and he's clearly got a vision for what that team's supposed to be. And Bottas, I think, is a long term part of that. He is as well. I think still quite involved in ART in Formula Two and Formula Three, which do a lot with. I think Mercedes and Red Bull, they take a lot of the juniors from there. And George Russell was in ALT. He was. I think they've had a couple of Ferrari drivers as well, so he's very involved at the sort of younger end of the, the driver mm, spectrum. I think Leclerc was. Leclerc. Does anyone find it weird? Uh, does anyone find it weird that Nick DeVries is hot-tipped to be Bottas' teammate, therefore meaning like what we thought was originally the Ferrari junior team as an all-Mercedes lineup? Yes and no, I think. I might, I, I'm not surprised that De Vries has sort of come back around as a rumour because I think mm-hmm. it was a bit strange that he didn't get the chance anyway after winning yeah. the F2 title. I think he was, you know, he beat Latifi to that title and Latifi got the shot and De Vries didn't and De Vries has done well in Formula E. But yeah, it is strange that that is where he would go in and not, say, Williams. Mm. Well, I don't know because, I mean, the... The second Williams seat, I, I, I take it we're just sort of glossing over the fact we are taking it as read that George Russell is going to Mercedes. It's not yeah. been announced at time of going to press. I mean, who else are they going to yeah. announce? Hello Tuesday. Yes. Not even going to not even going to bother with a jump cut. We're, we're just saying George Russell. Unless is in they Mercedes do announce like Ocon or something, and then we'll. Be Let me just check this. Formula One Twitter. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm on it. I've, I've, I've got I've got it up as a window just in case. Something oh happens. yeah, no, I don't think it's been announced <laughs> just yeah. yet. But you never know. Mm. Well, tell you what, I'll, it, do, I'll do a jump cut tomorrow if it isn't George Russell. How about yes, that? Yes, mm. that's, that's the yeah. safest bet. Yeah. Congratulations! And now you can cut any one of these, any one of these <laughs> names in. Stoffel! Stoffel! Robert Kubitzer! I mean, it's it's not it's not nailed on that um, Nick DeVries is going to be taking the other other Sauber Alpha seat because no the the rumor is uh, from a variety of sources some of which I'd even trust oh exactly is that um, Albon already is favourite for George's seat at Williams alongside Latifi because it looks like he's going to be re-signed because he has the monies mm, yes um, but if Red Bull won't release him from the Young Driver program then Toto is going to veto it a Toto veto. Um, there was another thing put out today from um, Christian Horner saying uh, that they hope there is a way around uh, him going there without having to leave the Red Bull program. Mm. So it fe- it feels like there's going to be something else going on there. Yeah, and it's probably just a bit of posturing, isn't it? You know, it's the old uh, Toto and Christian aren't getting on particularly. Really well what, now, what, are what, they? Toto and Horner having a pissing competition against <laughs> each other. Yeah. I've never seen that. I feel that they both need to go around the back of the shed and give each other a reach around and then come back and everything will be better for them. <laughs> there's, some, there's some stress that needs worked out, isn't there? Anyway, Antonio Giovinazzi <laughs> currently drives for Alfa Romeo. For... <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, obviously that would leave Giovinazzi in um, in in a little bit of a limbo. But the uh, one of the rumors I read today from a not very reliable source, so don't know how how true it'll be, 
um, was that Antonio Giovinazzi will just go to Ferrari as their reserve and third driver, uh, and just that that will be his job, much like Buemi did at Red Bull for some years. And apparently Pascal Verlein may or may not be at Ferrari. He's a no. He's a development driver, isn't he? Not a te- not an actual reserve. Oh God! God only knows. So, do you reckon ten years ten years time we'll see Giovinazzi in the Mark Genet rule that rule role, looking Ooh, very uncomfortable be. in an ill-fitting Ferrari suit? Yes. No, no, no. That will be Mark Genet. <laughs> <laughs> Surely by that time it'll be Giancarlo Fisichella. If we're all honest. With oh each other. yes, that's a good shout. I think that I think they're still paying him just to sit at home, aren't they? Did he not do yeah, Le Mans? Uh, yeah, in one of the amateur teams. Yeah. I'm googling Giancarlo Fisichella because I'm, I'm sure, very. Yeah, he is still sort of in their GT program, but yeah, I think he might be, like you say, sort of gold driver for hire to amateur teams with a Ferrari. Mm. But yeah, I'm also intrigued as to what he looks like now. Still looks very much like Giancarlo Fisichella. Time has done him well. Time has done him well. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to have to look this up. We're now. all, we're all good. Listeners, join in. Yes, let's all Google Giancarlo. For the, he has aged like a fine Italian wine. <laughs> he was he's a handsome man, isn't he? He was always a handsome man. I mean that well the picture on his wiki page is from the um 2012 6 hours of Fuji. So I'll look for a more <laughs> up to date one. I yes. thought you were going to say 6 hours of food then. I thought fuck that makes it even more impressive. <laughs> He he has grown into his face. Yeah, he has. <laughs> he does look fairly sort of samey to previous previous photos of himself. Oh wait, Giancarlo Fisichella crashed at Zandvoort in twenty twenty one. I mean, I guy, must see this. The guy the guy's got a great taste in birthdays. The terrible thing now is if Flood went, oh my god, he doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? This is this is this is somebody's game that they've put on YouTube. I'm not watching. That. <laughs> Somebody has crashed him. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was as I was about to say before we before we got Italianly distracted, is that a thing? Um, Easy to do. Yeah. Um, the 2022 grid is definitely definitely shaping up. Mm-hmm. Um, Williams appear to be keeping Latifi, partnering him with. Probably going to be album because Toto and Christian always, they always manage to sort it out just in time for the closing credits. Nothing's changed by the end of the episode. They are Seinfeld. <laughs> mm. Um, that leaves the other seat at Alfa Romeo, which yeah, if it's if it's Nick DeVries, I mean he's he's got a decent background. He was fourth in the twenty eighteen F two Championship. Which, all right, fourth, yeah. But the three drivers that were ahead of him were George Russell, Lando Norris and Alex Albon. Yeah, yeah. it was a particularly yeah. strong season, that one. You know, the, t- the top And he, and he, the did, top he was majors. a winner, wasn't he? He's won, he, he was a yeah. race winner. Yeah, he's won, he's won F2 and GP2 races. Well, he won the yeah. F2 title the And then won the year. F2 title, obviously, the following year. And yeah, no, but even that, even that year with yeah, Lando, yeah, that year George... Yeah, he was, he was fairly yeah. competitive. yeah. And I mean, he was he was on the McLaren program. Uh, well, he was on the McLaren Junior program that long ago that he was in episodes of Toomed. He was, yes, yeah. Remember? Wow. Toomed? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he's had, he's had good training from Ron and Professor M. 
I was only watching a couple of episodes of Tomb the other night just to remind myself what it was like. I miss it. I hated it. Was the make, yeah? Was the issue not that season two they were trying to get like Button and Perez to be a thing, and they clearly did not get on? Yeah, yeah, that didn't help. I, it to me, it felt like um, Ron Dennis trying to show that McLaren had a personality, but in a really Ron Dennis way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could have done with slightly less words, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other any other seats that we think are going to change then? Because I think most of the, the other teams do seem to be pretty stable. Haas mm. is, is possibly the only one with... Um, any Mick Schumacher might leave. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's... Mick Schumacher could find himself at Alpha just yet because um, he had some pretty choice words after the race yesterday. Yeah, um, he was a little bit narky with gravel spin. That, that's my um, that's my new name for him, by the way. But what's his name? Came out to defend Mazepin, didn't he? With that, uh, and said that it wasn't if, like it, it wasn't Mazepin's fault that incident. Um, well, good Steiner. Steiner said it with yeah. a large wodge of um, cash from Mazepin's dad in his back pocket, uh-huh. waiting him down. No, I, I think. I think Mick Schumacher and Mazepin are as bad as each other. And that, I, I don't even mean that to say that they're particularly bad drivers. They've got a terrible car at the minute and they just happen to be on the same same piece of track as each other. Yeah. But I, I don't think there's... We haven't seen uh, either in either of them yet. I think as well they've both got that sort of, like you say, they both have a sort of similar kind of don't you know who my dad is sort of mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't go well, does it? Yeah, it's a sort of certain, like in, an entitled vibe. It's a tough one because they're stuck at the back and they can only really race each other. They're not really matching any, any mm. other team for pace, even on a Sunday. And and to be fair to Mazepin, he was racing Schumacher pretty hard uh, yeah. during the race. Until well, they, had, they had an issue couldn't. in qualifying as well, didn't they? Where I think Mazepin was meant to be, it was his race to be ahead on the track and Schumacher got past him somewhere and then that's how they ended up tripping over Vettel. And There was some kind of incident where Schumacher wasn't meant to be ahead of him but somehow got ahead of him. Yeah. And then they were playing put your teammate into the wall, which is something that Schumacher Senior was definitely guilty of doing <laughs> from time to time. Um, just, just on the I would say he was a world champion at that. <laughs> uh, he, he was even really good at putting his teammate into uh, into the wall when it wasn't his teammate anymore, and he was driving a Williams. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think the best try and put your t- try and put your teammate in a wall was uh, US two thousand and five, where he drove Barrichello off track, even though there was only four other cars. <laughs> Yes, that was up there. <laughs> um, just on the subject of Haas, we've had um, we've had a question sent in a tweet from um, a friend of the podcast, Sutty Corbett. Hello, Sutty. Um, is Gunter part of the problem at Haas? They always have driver issues in a shit car. It's on his watch. Could it be him? Not this no. time, because they haven't built a new car. No, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, the car, definitely not. The drivers, I guess, part of it, you could potentially say it's down to Steiner managing the drivers is part of his job. It's the team principal's job to babysit the drivers. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember who said that, and I'm, I'm quoting, uh, probably quoting Drive to Survive. It is, but at the same time, do you remember, you, you do not want to fox smash Gunter Steiner's door. 
that that is true. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he still did fox smash the door. Yeah, and then he, now he has no job. No, not in Formula One anyway. Mazepin did buy him a door, so I don't know whether Mazepin's like getting some credit in in case he ever does accidentally fox smash the door. Accidentally, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel he's got this, the same job as, um, oh, what was your man? French guy. He was in charge of Renault. They went to McLaren. Cyril Abitabu? No. Eric, Eric Boulier. No. Eric Boulier, yeah. Because we, we gave Boulier cake, quite cake some inspect. stick. Yeah, but we gave, we gave him quite some stick, didn't we? Until he ended up going to McLaren. We thought, oh, shit. He was putting out fires everywhere. Yeah, and I, I feel that's Gunter Steiner's job. It's he's, yeah. he's not even being team principal. He's he's trying to like tell the other pe- other people that he can control where to bail the water out of. And of course, with all the uh, Mazepin back in there, are chemical fires. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can't it can't be an easy it can't be an easy job having to control two drivers that can't stand each other. No. And have and one of the drivers that can't stand the other drivers, their family is like keeping that team financially afloat. Which is why I think Mick Schumacher. He said, yeah, "I'll see if I can find the quote whilst you guys are talking." I mean, this would be a great place to start the race review as well because Haas are the first team on the list. We will just seamlessly blend from news to review. That was that was a, that was such a segue you could do a lap of the, <laughs> lap of the track on it. A lack of the trap. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, fir- the first thing is, um, yeah, Mazepin DNF'd. Hydraulic problems, apparently. Yes. Didn't go into any more detail than that, I don't think. It was just, yeah, hydraulics. Yeah, be- well, because the um, the special sensors that say what part of the car has gone wrong have broken. Mm-hmm. Um, Schumacher pitted early after the um, running with Mazepin in the first couple of laps where he ended up needing a new front wing. I think it was about lap three? Lap, lap... Something like that. It was very early on, yeah. Two or three. Um, we were joking at the time, it's probably just to stick them on completely separate strategies and keep them separated for the entire race and only bring them together at the end. Which wouldn't, yeah. put, wouldn't put it past him at the moment. But... Yeah, another of those races perhaps. We're just going to have to keep skipping over them until the end of the season because nothing's nothing's going to improve. But we knew that from uh, we knew that from Bahrain onwards because yeah. they said they weren't doing anything with the car. I suppose the worrying thing is is the fact that they do find themselves much like um, uh, Roman Grosjean and um, what was his teammate? Fuck, where's Kevin Magnussen. Yeah, thank you. Um, whenever they they sort of found themselves next to each other, they were always bashing into each other and stuff like that. So even if the car gets better, that's it's kind of not going to change anything, is it? They just might be in the same position with other people to bash into around them. You saying it's sort of for everyone's interest, really, that they're out the back doing their own thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't see what given. If you look at the form, I don't see what giving them a faster car does. It's it's like when you see a really sort of horrid couple, and you think it's just as well they're together than they're not screwing two other separate people's lives up. Yeah, the worst worst driver lineup on the grid has to be, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, by, yeah, yeah probably by, by a long way. By yeah, a long by, way. by some way. I mean, even like Latifi. With Latifi, looked pretty shabby, didn't he? Um, to start with in Formula One where we thought oh fuck he's uh, 
he's well out of his depth now. But um, I think he deserves another year now. Overtake of the race yesterday, absolutely. On was it on Mazepin? Probably. He went round the outside, didn't he? In turn one, it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, uh, Mazepin probably just thought somebody else was lapping him. He probably just caught him on the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the radio straight afterwards going, where's the blue flag? I beat him to it. Yeah. Let the Mercedes through. That wasn't a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll move on, move on to Williams next. Um, George in 17th, Latifi in 16th. They were looking good on Saturday until they both binned it towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was surprised that George managed to get going again. Shame that he didn't get, um, you know, out in and to do another lap. But uh, and and Latifi as well. You know, pushing hard, but not. Yeah, the, the car just let go in the wrong place, didn't it? We saw it in practice sessions. That. It, the circuit's pretty unforgiving. If you make a mistake, you're probably going to get caught out in the barriers. Yeah, I think the, the, the problem is with getting offline on that circuit is there's that much, that much sand everywhere. Because, um, I mean, you said, did anyone see the rooster trails coming up when um, when they were offline, certainly during uh, certainly during uh, practice and qualifying? It was, it was... No, I saw them during the race, but that was I assume that was mostly just the marbles because there was a lot of marbles mm. on the circuit. Yeah, I mean that circuit was incredibly abrasive. That's why they were, that's why Pirelli were using the, um, the hardest, hardest hardest of the hard tires, the mega hard. But no, when uh, when anyone was getting offline during the earlier mm. sessions, there was uh, there was a lot of sand on track, and I think it was on I think possibly on Friday they said that the. Italian company that they used to actually build and design the circuit had um, come up with a special formulation surface that uh, didn't have problems with sand landing on it all the time. Mm. Fair enough. So yeah, that's getting offline. You've you've got a mixture of um, sand and uh, sand and marbles. I know that sounds like something out of Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get you get offline and Macaulay Culkin smashes an iron into your face. <laughs> Sounds like Hass like, to me. Yeah. I was just going to say life at Hass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, With um, Macaulay Culkin's part being played by Mick Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> but Will- Williams did end up suffering on Saturday. George was George was running sort of okayish, and then started dropping down, and then pitted twice in the last three laps, and he ended up not taking the checkered flag because he... yeah, technically he did uh, he did retire, but was classified. He was ahead classified, of yeah. Because he'd done more da- distance. Mm. I think it was a gearbox. I think. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's related to the uh, to the off on Saturday and the gearbox just sort of gave out. Yeah, I mean it won't have done any favours. Gearboxes don't particularly enjoy being crashed. No, I think you sneeze on one and it needs changing. Than that sensitive sometimes. And Latifi pit lane start going around in a rebuilt car because he he trashed it on Saturday. Um, good. Good overtake on Mazepin, and Williams' Sunday pace just isn't there yet. Well, no. I mean, we were talking before, weren't we, about how um, two by two, especially the back half of the grid was, the, you know, how they finished. Um, Williams finishing 16th and 17th, Alfa Romeo finishing 14th and 15th, Aston Martin 12th and 13th, and McLaren 10th and 11th. It kind of shuffled the pack out to sort of where the cars actually were. Mm. And we know that Williams is probably quite far down the road from Haas. 
but maybe not quite as good as Alfa Romeo, and that really showed. Hmm. Yeah, I think if it hadn't been for George Russell's issues and a five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane, uh, we'd have probably, I think, we'd have seen him ahead of um, at least one, if not <coughs> not both Alphas. But in the end, you play the hand you dealt, and at the moment, I'm choking. You're all right, though. Choke the hand you dealt. Yeah, <laughs> just got a really tickly throat. Um, right, talking of choking, Giovinazzi. No, he didn't choke. He had a puncture. That's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great qualifying. I mean, that, that, yeah, he did. That was his joint best qualifying mm-hmm. session ever in seventh. Um, got, got to say, you got to, got to tip your hat to Kubica coming in at short notice. Get well soon, Kimmy. I did feel so sorry for Callum Eilert, though, who was off on other ventures this weekend because it, it would have been a really nice time for him, I think, to get a run out in the car, particularly given that we're thinking Alpha may all change for next year mm. do you think he might get a run next weekend if um, Kimmy's still Ronzi possibly I look won't I look no, won't because no, he's the... doing indie. yeah the indie race is next Sunday mm. ah oh well so um. no he was he was shed, he was scheduled to be in the US last week and this week because he had his he had his rookie test yes Last week, and I mean, he tweeted just my luck. He did, and then deleted it probably because he got a finger wagging from someone. Yeah, possibly, possibly a high up in Ferrari. The kind, kind of person you don't want to ignore, or, or Mark Genet. We're mentioning Kimmy's coronavirus. I'm just hot to cut. That's how is that how contagious it is? It, mu- it must be. It must be the Kimmy variant. But um, yeah, Kibitzer is first time first time in the car since um, the end of the 2019 season. Uh, qualified ahead of the Hasses and brought it home ahead of the one finishing Hass and the two Williams. Uh, he, but he, he did d- a job, didn't de- he? Decent Alfa Romeo performance. He mm-hmm. he lived up to the yeah. car. I, th- I think it goes to show how much of a dog that uh, Williams was in. Yeah. That was two years ago. Oh, yeah, no, totally. But uh, at the same time, Giovinazzi had a puncture, had to make an extra pit stop and you know, still finished ahead of Kubica. Um, not trying to take anything away from Robert Kubica at all whatsoever, because he literally got the call on Saturday morning. Um, but you know, it's such a physical circuit as well, according to all the drivers. Uh, and for Kubica, whose fitness won't be quite there, because obviously he's not raced Formula One for eighteen months, two years nearly. Nearly two years. Yeah, just just, yeah. Short, just short of two years, and he's um, he's been mainly doing uh, DTM and WEC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know it's it's a solid performance from Robert Kubica. Yeah, um, Aston Martin next. Um, Vettel, I'm putting this one down as a weekend to forget. Yes, that seems fair. Poor yeah. qualifying, getting tripped up by the Hasses, and then the spinning only, in the race. The only driver who brought out a yellow flag. <laughs> was he the only driver? I think he might I have think been. Might he was have certainly only... the first. Yeah, it was definitely the first yellow flag, which came about 30 seconds after Statman, next week's guest, tweeted, you do realise we've not had a yellow flag in this race. This was about 36 laps in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Vettel wasn't on it. I mean, he actually said after, um, at the end of qualifying, that they didn't have the pace anyway. But their long run pace looked really good on Friday. So the fact that both of them, as I say, were Linus turn 12th and 13th, does that not say to you that Aston Martin's probably not quite as quick as the McLaren at the moment, but quicker than Alfa Romeo? 
Well, the thing was, Vettel, yeah. had, a, Vettel had a very interesting, uh, very interesting problem on Friday when um, he had the oil pressure issues. Is that when he was a bit smoky? That was when he was. That's when he was smoking, and uh, that led to the uh, the engine going. Didn't let go. It was just uh, the oil pump that needed changing. And we had the thirty-minute break during FP1 because they had to wait until Vettel had put the fire out himself. That's another one on the list of his jobs. Mm. And um, the safety crew turned up with some rubber matting that they could put over the car so they could touch the car because the whole thing was live. Nice. But it was the same oil pump problem in the Mercedes engine that Lewis Hamilton had. Interesting. So it looks like Mercedes were having trouble, possibly down to the banking, with mm. um, with well, oil pressures. Because we saw Ricardo with a smoky mm. McLaren at the start of the race, which seemed to sort of quickly burn off whatever the issue was yeah well no i think that hindered his race all, all Possibly, throughout didn't yeah. it but scarb seemed to think that was just an overfill of oil overfill was, was my it. suggestion at the time yeah he, he he mentioned on twitter that it was coming out of the top like mm. the top outlet rather than the bottom outlet and he said if it was an actual engine problem it would have come out the bottom oh missed missed that one but yeah, there was there was sort of rumourings all weekend on Sky that the Mercedes engine was having problems with um, with the banking in certain parts. So I mean, it, you know, it led to it led to two breakdowns during practice, mm. and Aston Martin were definitely definitely off the pace. And I don't think they've got all that you know. They do have Mercedes staff in the garage for the power unit, but they're not going to have the same level of staff and expertise that Mercedes have got in there for it. No. To put it right, so I think I think that's what handed handed hindered them, <laughs> and I think yeah, that's what made them slower than McLaren, who were tenth and eleventh. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But McLaren also used Mercedes engines. But McLaren generally have a faster car than Aston Martin. Yeah, absolutely. That's what that's my mm. the, the point I was trying to make. You know, McLaren have most of the season been up and ahead of Aston Martin, but. I think second half of the season, this might be how the, sh- the the pack shuffles because obviously some teams have chosen to stop development before the new rules and some teams have decided to carry on. I'm wondering if Aston Martin and McLaren are maybe two of the teams who decided, you know what, let's not bother too much with this year's car and f- fully concentrate on next year. Maybe with the way um, that McLaren seems to have dropped dropped off a little bit compared to other teams, yeah, you could you could be right on that one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's only this I, race, so it could be circuit dependent. I mean, we'll see. I I, I think it was situation yeah, dependent because when you look at um, like Lando through practice was right up there. He looked like he was in the shout for pole again through practice, but when um, it came to qualifying, his pace just disappeared. Uh, Jensen Button seemed to think it was down to like wind direction change, and apparently, like one of the strengths of um, of Lando's driving is how late he brakes, and he thinks that might have just been throwing him off for for like his like outright pace. I think it was a tricky qualifying for for Lando, not McLaren being slow because Daniel Ricciardo was where Daniel Ricciardo's always been this year. Well, Daniel Ricciardo out-qualified Lando. Lando didn't get the lap in because it was it because of Russell's accident. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the two red but, flags. But the um, but even before that, he wasn't quite on the pace we, you'd expect Russell. To, uh, sorry, you'd expect Lando to be on. But what I'm saying is, I don't. I don't think 
McLaren were uncompetitive, I think their competitive driver was on his back foot. There was, there was some there was something that spooked him. I mean, he he did say it was a bit blowy, and then carried on that sentence about ten minutes yes, later he when did. he finished laughing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't. I I still think McLaren were uh, if if Lando had have carried on into practice like he he was going in, uh, sorry in, in qualifying like he was going in practice. I think he'd have been with Gasly, and like ahead of the Ferraris just. On natural pace, I don't. I don't think the pecking orders changed for McLaren and Ferrari. I just think they're kind of like, um, kind of like Red Bull. I mean, like when you look at like where Sergio Perez, like is usually is, or I mean, obviously he had a bad qualifying this this time round. But the um, if Max Verstappen has a bad qualifying, we wouldn't go, oh, everyone's overtaken Red Bull. We'd go, Max Verstappen's had a bad qualifying. Yeah, but if, no, Max, but... if Max Verstappen has a bad qualifying, he starts third. No, yeah. Yeah, but if, 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 <laughs> if he happened to have a really... But, you know, it's, I, I, I think you could you, I think you could give the same leeway to Lando, to be honest. But well, uh, I think McLaren you... have, slowly been, have slowly been slipping as the season's gone on. Because, obviously, we had a couple of podiums early season, and then you know, they were not miles ahead of Ferrari, but they were comfortably ahead for quite some time, and then they'd just slowly gone backwards. All I'm saying is it just makes me think if their development has just maybe halted for this year's car or is a lot slower than a lot of the other teams. Without without the crash, Lander would have got pole at Spa, I think. Yeah, I think so, possibly. Mm. But again, that's you know, weather it's, it's, sort yeah. of bringing them forward, isn't it? Is is it where they're bringing them forward, or is it just the fact that the uh, because they've got a decent car, they performed well, and they've got our driver, which is on top of the car? You know, I I don't think there's any worries yet. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I can see Ferrari finishing the season ahead of McLaren. Maybe, but I think that's going to be more down to Daniel Ricciardo hemorrhaging points. Because let's not let's not forget if Daniel Ricciardo has had performed better this year. Ferrari wouldn't be ahead on points now. McLaren will be well down the road. But are we? Hitting... That's a fair thing to say. Yeah. yeah. But are we hitting the stage now where the Ferraris appear to um, both appear to be faster? Like I said, we'll we'll, we'll, well we'll know we'll know more after after the next race, just purely yeah. simply because it's mm. it's the temple of speed. Yeah, I think very... the thing is, what, what... sorry, Sean, go on. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's such a different track, isn't it, that someone yeah. who maybe looks like they've slipped back this weekend, we will get the answers, as you say, this coming weekend. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge difference in terms of circuit, very different. Yeah, I, mean, we'll, I think Ferrari we'll, we'll is no, a... We'll know the speed of each car this weekend. Yeah, I think Ferrari, well, will, will we? I mean, I think Ferrari is a very circuit-dependent car. Mm. Um, where we've we've seen you know where Monaco where yeah. they were fucking right up there Baku as um, well yeah I I, th- I think we're going to see races through the year where Ferrari are really competitive I but I, I think all in all your uh, McLaren will be a better car better suited to more tracks through the rest of the year when we find out what the rest of the calendar actually looks like officially. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alpine next Ocon in ninth and Alonso in sixth now that start from Alonso oh he was on it wasn't he I am, first lap I am putting that down to his Indy 500 experience and having more 
more nous on banking than anyone else Could because be. he was yeah that's a good show he was using Brothers. that he was using that banking on the first lap to his fullest its fullest extent mm, it was mm. a proper like yep yeah, there's a gap yep see you having it bye it was yeah very yeah, was, very uh, enjoyable yeah the full on old school Alonso start a little bit Mario Kart on the first lap admittedly <laughs> but he, he just got on with it didn't he that's you know and it, and it worked for him. I mean, if he'd had a contact and gone out on the first lap, we'd all be like, oh, Alonso, what donkey. But no, it, it worked out well for him. And he got a really good um, really good result out of it, sandwiching himself between the two Ferraris. A donkey yeah. or Donkey Kong Jr., just to carry on the Mario Kart reference badly. He, he No, definitely not Donkey Kong Jr. He's, he'd, he'd be Donkey Kong Senior Senior. <laughs> and despite Ocon's claims, he was not faster than Fernando. Yeah, no, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fernando, Fernando's really slow. Yeah, yeah, fucking get back to me on that one later, mate. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't he we'll two places behind that. Alonso at the time? He no, he it. was behind Alonso when he yeah. started that, and then I think like three laps later, Alonso had about six seconds on him. It's like Esteban, get yeah. back in your box. What are you doing? <laughs> Alonso said, uh, "Yeah, I am going slow. I'm looking after my tires. I can go faster <laughs> if you want." So then he, he did. He did. He did go faster. <laughs> Yeah, Alpine, Alpine's turning into um, the surprise of the season. I'm for enjoying me. Alpine. Yeah, most improved, I think, from early doors until uh, until mid season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, okay, they've got they've got to win, but shenanigans and circumstances. Yeah, they also looked like the most fun garage to be in during Spa last week. They were having a good time. I didn't, I didn't see that. I, the, the only garage shots I saw were the football match. <laughs> yeah, Alpine and Williams looked like they were having a pretty good time as well, actually. But yeah, Alpine were, were keeping spirits up. I suppose. Got to do something. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't, didn't Kovalainen used to have some kind of connection with Renault, so maybe he's left the um, left the blueprints for his little boats. Maybe. Yeah, there was no, there was no boat race though, no. was there? That was disappointing. No, that one, that one, uh, that one died the death. But yeah, Al- Alpine have um, they've really, they've really come on the further the season's gone on, and I think we're, I think we're now seeing the real Alonso again. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is, this is the Alonso that um, we saw when the Ferrari was half decent, um, when the Renault was good during all that time and the two, the 2007 Alonso before Lewis got got inside his head and the, you know we see we're seeing racy Alonso again which after a while is you know it's it's been good to see we're not seeing him destroyed by team politics or um, an absolute shed of a car or a GP2 engine mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah you know he's he's turning in the performances to match it and you know, getting getting six there in a completely unfamiliar track, um, where all right, other drivers have other drivers have raced there before. Bottas has won there three times. Yeah, Bottas, Bottas, and Verstappen, I think, both won there in in junior formula. But nobody's done it on the banking before, and he comes in with more recent um, banked corner experience than anyone else, and shows everyone how to do it, basically. Yeah, and like you say, you know, it looked like he was going to get swallowed up towards the end of the race by by the cars that were coming on him pretty quickly. But no, he held on. He held on to 
sixth place, and that that's commendable. It is it's a, it's a good performance from both Alpine drivers. Um, I'm not sure we saw an awful lot of Ocon after Vettel. Uh, Vettel, sorry, after Alonso uh, disappeared a little bit, but. Um, I think we saw him just... getting passed by Perez quite late on, and I think that was about That's right, yeah. his final yeah. contribution. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think there was a great deal, but um, no, I think the, um, Alonso was up there as driver of the day for me. Yeah, yeah I was I a bit agree. surprised that Perez got it officially. I, I would have thought Alonso. You know, especially now they've got the, um, what was it, Crypto.com Most Overtakes Award, which apparently Vettel's leading this season. Cool. Yes. It's, that's the award for badly qualifying. That is what I see that as. I think there was one point last year where Joe Vanazzi was like, the most overtakes on the first lap of all the races. Like, it just means he's qualifying out of position. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What, it's like what George Russell gets uh, criticised for, isn't it? Because he's uh, lost places in six races. I, that's great. Mm-hmm. It just means he's qualifying really yeah, well. His one lap pace the is where it shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason as well that people like Lewis Hamilton and uh, Lewis Hamilton, yes, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen don't overtake on the first lap because they got no one to go past. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me, sorry for Ooh, that. Oh, that was right in the microphone. Sorry, I might have to. Uh, I might have to clip that one. Uh, nah, they love it. Quick, love quick it. cough of Villeneuve, maybe. Mm. Right, that's that's that sorted. It won't it won't happen again. Promise. <laughs> um, where were we next? It was going to be Ferrari, uh, Science in seventh, and Leclerc in fifth. I didn't see a great deal of the Ferraris on Sunday. I think I must have looked away every time they were on screen. I uh, know I don't know uh, th- much. Anonymous. Yeah, quiet, quiet race, but just, you know, they did Saturday quite well and mm-hmm. then just managed to sort of keep those positions. As we say, it was um, Alonso who managed to get between them, wasn't it? Because I think they started next to each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, they uh, Alonso managed to jump sights and uh, it was a, you know, a fairly solid-ish performance for Ferrari. I think they'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the- I think I think they went there knowing they weren't gonna weren't gonna set the track alight, and they got the best result that they could have done, or maybe maybe slightly lower. Because I'm I'm going to move up to the next team in this while we're doing it. Um, Pierre Gasly, but just the team of Pierre Gasly. Basically, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> let, what did Sonoda contribute? Yeah, to be fair, a retirement. Not so much. Yeah, yeah, this is. I I had this little bit of a. Uh... When I was putting the document together, I thought, hmm, Alpha Tauri, well, Sonoda really let them down by retiring, but Gasly was, like, the quietest but, like, most underrated drive of the day, by far, I think. Perez got driver of the day. Alonso, we've just been, been waxing lyrical about him. I think Gasly starting fourth and finishing fourth yeah. is is the drive of the day. Yeah, I mean, with... Uh, with Lando, a Lando drive... A few, a few yeah, laps in, much. a few laps in, he got a sizable gap on Leclerc behind him, and that never really changed. Mm. So I think was it a power yeah. issue for Sonoda? I can't quite remember that. Um, yes, it was. Apparently, he was the only driver that had never driven there in anything. That's fair. So that's why he was struggling all weekend because he did have a few offs during the course of course of Friday and Saturday, and then yeah, just some sort of. Engine's not going as fast as it should. Problem. Yes. 
more top ten appearances than um, uh, Perez, I believe. Oh, like qualifying wise, mm. yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. You know, it's. I know he see turned around in um, his interview, didn't he, after the race? Oh, sorry, before the race or after the race, can't remember. Uh, where he said he didn't quite understand why uh, Red Bull overlooked him to replace Perez, you which I thought was yeah, quite odd. You, you can kind of see his point, though. I mean, what more could he have yeah. been doing this year? Yeah, yeah, but I, I find it quite odd that he was quite so open about it. Mm. You know, he's like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. I suppose, yeah, they're not going to uh, fire him because he's too good. They're not going to promote him, despite the fact that he's showing them everything he's got. It's like... Yeah, why, why not be critical? What have you got to lose at this point? Yeah, I mean, if the if the sign him, if the sign him for next year, then he's he's got to be on teams radar for twenty three. For definite. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, the the more I I I, I like listen to people like, about the next year's cars, is the more worried I am for people like Perez and um, and Daniel Ricciardo because. The, there's no guarantee that the characteristics that are in these cars are going to change that much because, like the the apparently the McLarens uh, like issues that Ricardo has with it are not necessarily tied to this the rule set. They're tied to the way McLaren go about making a racing car, and if Perez is in the same boat and Red Bull are the same, you're not going to fundamentally change the way you go about building a racing car when your lead driver is doing so well. You're still going to work towards those things that that driver likes rather than trying to bring it in the middle somewhere so you can raise your number two up. This is this is the um, this is the Ferrari issue over mm. the last couple of, couple of years with uh, Vettel and Leclerc, and it yeah. was a, it was a very Leclerc heavy car. You know the the rear end wasn't Vettel's preference, and that's yeah. that's what Spinella. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why he ended up struggling so much. And this, I mean, I mean, the ultimate case in point: the second Red Bull. Mm. Take, yeah. take away all the added pressure of being in the Red Bull meat grinder, but you've got a car that's designed for someone that's leading the world championship. You'd better learn to bloody drive it because there's going to there's going to be next to nothing on that car that's going to be your style if you've got a completely contrasting driving style to uh, to what Max has, which yeah. everyone seems to have because no one can drive the second Red Bull. Yeah, no. It just seems odd. It seems odd to me that they didn't. Um... That they didn't bring uh, Gasly up instead of keeping Perez because Perez hasn't he hasn't done enough to keep that seat. They just simply don't have anybody else that they feel that they can put into the into the car. I really think they should have thought about re-promoting Gasly. Mm. Yeah, I mean mm. Gasly. All right, take, you know, take, take the win aside last year. Yeah. Um, he's still put. He's pushing in that Alpha Tori, and he's mm-hmm. you know he's proved that he's fast in it. Yeah, and yeah. there are you know there are some weeks that car is one of the fastest three on the grid. This week being a case in point. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the reason for not promoting him is that that car's philosophy is completely different to the Red Bull, and it's just that suited to him that he's clicking with it. And if they put him in the Red Bull, 
maybe it's not the pressure that will do him in, it's the car. And the, the best thing... What's, what's the point in keeping him? That's the thing, the kind of thing in that case. Yeah, it, it, be to let him go. To earlier in the season, say, look, guys, we don't want Gasly after this year. Come and sign him. But the yeah. Red Bull organisation want to keep him because he's still, he's still bringing home points. And he's bringing home more points than other t- other teams. Mm. I think my worry with that is, and what, what my thought would be if I was Red Bull, is I think, don't get me wrong, Gasly's having a great season. I think... Um, my, my names have gone today. He's, he's in DTM. Alban? Lawson. Yeah, I think I think Alban is a better driver than Gasly. So if, if Gasly can turn it around, I think Alban can. And he's, you know, he he hasn't had the time in Formula One to to do something. So it it would have made more sense because they're trying to get Alban back into Formula One. So and they want to well they want to keep him in the program. So that shows that they have some sort of plan or or at least hope to use him in the future. If you get rid of Perez, bring uh, put Gasly up, bring Albon back to Toro Rosso, it solves all of the driver problems. I mean, maybe Albon and Gasly in the Alfa Tori next season and wave goodbye to Sonoda. Well, I mean, that would be my second option. Uh, there's no, there's no like hundred percent tie-in with. Um, Honda anymore is there? You know, there I don't think Honda are going to have a say. Yeah, about about the uh, about about the driver lineup. So yeah, that... I wonder what they're going to do about Liam Lawson because he's looking pretty good in F two. Yeah, he's, he's not quite he looking championship. A shot. Yeah, he's not looking quite like the championship, is he? Like he was um, a couple of races back, but he's still he's there or thereabouts. Isn't he leading DTM now? He's had a couple of rough rounds, I think, but um, I think is F2 back this weekend? F2 is back at, at Italy, so he, yeah. he could bring his particular set of skills. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kieran. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what... Um, it's been a long break for F2. It does feel like it's been a long time since we've... Was it Silverstone? I think it was. Good God. Yeah, it's 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 been ages because the last two races have been F three. Yeah. And talking of which F three's changed their calendar now. They're not Oh yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah, isn't they're it? not going to Austin the finishing in Sochi instead. I think it's just so it gives us some overtaking to see at Sochi. That is wishful thinking. Yeah. A yeah, man can dream. Um so yeah, what you know, what are they gonna do with Lawson? Because he's definitely got the super license points, hasn't he? You look you looked it up at the weekend. No, I was looking. Who was I looking up at the weekend? I was looking up Teo Pochere's license points at the oh, weekend. He's yes. got he's got a million of them. Um, Lawson. He's the other. He's the other one rumored that um, Alpha Alpha. Romeo looking mm. looking at him because he did that test the other week. Yeah. Um, in a two year old car, proving nothing, but he was what three point five seconds a lap faster than uh, our Lord and Saviour Ragunathan. Yes, and this was literally like I think a, a day after he turned eighteen. Yeah. I didn't turn up to that test, and I was faster than my, this Lord Mahavia. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I, Pocher, I think, might not quite be there super license points wise. Well, I suppose it depends, doesn't it? Because if he did three hundred kilometers, then that'll that'll be enough to ask for special dispensation. True. 
Um, talking of which, I did see did see one comment somewhere. I think it was um, I think it was on one of uh, the races posts, saying that uh, somebody really enjoys the fact that Mazepin's in Formula One because it makes the mock the mockery that it should be over the FIA super license system when he qualifies for a super license and um, people like uh, Chase Elliott and Joseph Newgarden don't who actually win races yeah that's that's a weird thing isn't it you need to relook really at that as well because I think that much like we've seen Alonso and you know a couple of ex-Formula 1 drivers turn up in IndyCar It'd be nice if you could do like the other way around or allow, you know, um, I don't know, a, a rally driver in for, for one, uh, you know, Ottanek or someone like that into, into a, a race for, for, for just one off, uh, a one off race. It'd be great to do that, but the super license points don't appear to work if you've been a winner or a champion even in other disciplines. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the the IndyCar champion, I'm just trying to find in the super license points. Uh, the IndyCar champion does get a super license, but if you're a cons- consistent runner-up in the IndyCar championship, you would need to be doing something else as well because you only get thirty. Not enough. Not enough. You need forty. The super license system needs looked at, doesn't it? It is wild. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, so- I've spoken before about you know we, we, the the days when we've seen um, right Rossi jump in a Ferrari and be like you know half a second off of a, a Schumacher lap in a, in the same car, mm-hmm. and then you know um, Martin Brundle and Colin McRae switching seats, and Colin McRae was only I think a tenth of a second off of Brundle's best lap in that car mm-hmm. round 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 Silverstone. So drivers from other disciplines do have the talent to do it. It's just. It, it's, you know, it's a close shop, close shop, and a billionaire boys club. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talking of super licenses, though, did you see the um, tweet that was doing the rounds last week? Which um, it was the guy who was the head of the Finnish equivalent of um, the BRDC sent to um, sent to Max Mosley when he was trying to get Kimi his super license back in two thousand and one. No, I didn't see that. Oh, it was it was a real letter to the headmaster. <laughs> it was, you know, dear Mister Mosley, we we firmly believe that Mister Kimi Raikkonen has all the requisite skills to take part in Formula One after the number of wins that he's had. Yeah, it was like it, it, I think it also said at the bottom. P.S. He can't do games this week. He's got a Veruca. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that um, that was doing the rounds this week. It was actually the guy himself who wrote it that was uh, that had retweeted it. And uh, yeah, it was it was just this incredibly polite letter, um, asking permission for um, Kimmy to be allowed to come out and play with Formula One. I mean, it did the job because he did get a super license, despite perhaps maybe not quite ticking all the boxes. Mm. I mean, they didn't have points in those days. It was whether, whether they felt like it or not. Yeah, pretty much. And but yeah, the the whole the whole system does need um, does need to be reassessed. Yeah, I'm not not saying sort of. Anyone can make the jump from European F3 to F1. You know, are we going to see another Max? Probably not. Or British F3 to F1. Uh, no, no, exactly. Yeah, the way that the way that Jensen did it. I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, the, the two examples you've given there, it's not like they didn't work out. Oh no, no, definitely. But when you look at. Um, 
I mean, I, I suppose one one reason that they want to keep the super license system is the money that's spent buying the rights to F three and F two. Mm-hmm. Now we now. But how can it be fair though? How yeah. can that be fair? Now we've got a pathway. Well, the still. The vast majority of European drivers, with um, the occasion, the occasional American and the occasional Aussie or Kiwi chucked in, but mm. for the vast majority, all the teams are in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look, yeah. you look at what um, Scott McLaughlin is doing in IndyCar this year, coming from coming from V eight supercars. You know, I think, yeah, I think but... there's, there's transferable skills there that he's got mm-hmm. to F one. And I think he would have made a great F1 driver. Unfortunately, I think he'd have only got something like 20 super license points and wouldn't be allowed to take part. Yeah, do you remember in the 90s when they used... Yeah, do you remember in the 90s when they used to do, like, seat shares? I'm sure that would bring in a lot more money than actually, um, you know, to, to, to a team than it would do having, like, a permanent driver. Like, a, like a, I'm thinking Alpha Tauri, maybe, mm. um, shipping that second seat out to... Because um, Red Bull have got we've got sponsorship everywhere, haven't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. In pretty much, well, imagine if Mark Marquez wanted to come and do a Formula One race, and he was just like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm going to do one Formula One race and then go back to MotoGP when you know when there's not a clash. Like fucking hell, Mark Marquez is going to take part in a Formula One race. This would be pretty pretty special. Yeah, I mean, you look you look at when Red Bull started as a team for the first couple of seasons. It was David Coulthard and who's in the car this week? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, like and Sebastian Loeb's probably a bit old now, but um, as probably OGA's probably a bit old as well now. But you know, I'm pretty sure a rally driver would be able to come in and do uh, you know a, a pretty good job as well. They've got Red Bull sponsorship and all and all rally rally cross as well in the US. Uh, so there's absolutely no reason why an IndyCar driver, someone like Joseph Newgarden, couldn't come in and do one race. For fuck's sake, Caterham let Andre Lotterer in for a, a Belgian Grand Prix well, the, because the, he had some money. So. They the one, the wanted him to do more, and he said, no, thanks, not in that car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's something wrong. Don't, don't get don't get me wrong here. Uh, Kubica did a perfectly good job this weekend. But there's something wrong when you can't have a top-flight like motor racing driver in a... IndyCar and Formula One night might not be like a hundred percent comparable, but they're top flight, open wheeled, open cockpit racing series. They are they are the two closest comparisons that we've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and the, so there's something wrong with the world where their uh, their top guy can't come in and do a race in Formula One, but a guy who raced two years ago and that's essentially just cut about the paddock and paddock and played on the simulator for it since then can just come in there's something the, wrong with that yeah i suppose the issue for this weekend specifically would have simply been that kubitza was there whereas getting an indycar guy in you'd have had to twat about with the bubble, well, you couldn't but... have done it you couldn't have done it this weekend but just mm. the fact that that's possible and that's okay yeah. but to take somebody else that's a current racing driver isn't yeah, because you've seen like we've seen people go from like F two and F three to IndyCar and excel. Like Alex Pillow, yeah. who I think is either leading or very close to the top of the IndyCar championship, was very very average in F three, and yet has slotted straight into IndyCar. So there must be some kind of transferable skill somewhere along. Yeah, there. which means it's transferable both ways. Yeah, so. Christian yeah, Lungard as well Grosjean. did um, a random round. Yeah, Grosjean. Grosjean yeah. has gone in. Ericsson, for some reason, is quite around. good. Yeah. 
Max Chilton wasn't bad. He's Takuma still there. Sato. He's still there. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, could you imagine that the other way around, where if a Formula One driver wants to go to Indy, and an uh, Indy car were like, no, no, you, uh, you need Indy points You've got to, to drive Indy cars? You've got to do a rookie test, I think, is your only, your only sort of well, they, qualification. Yeah. They did that with Jim Clark, didn't they, In, in whenever it was that Jim Clark went to do the Indy 500. Or well, the Indy 500 is still part of the F1 championship at that point. I think it might have been. But, uh, yeah, he had to do a rookie test. He took great umbrage to the fact he had to go and do a, a rookie test when he was Jim Clark. Um, but he did his rookie test, and then he went on the Indy 500. And I think he, he he still got the biggest winning margin ever at the Indy 500. I think. Well, I think I think with I think with the Indy 500, it's something different because um, every rookie, um, even ones that are regulars in the Indy Car Series that season, if they've never driven it before, they have to do the rookie test. Mm-hmm. Remember when Alonso did it um, a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah. his car ate a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, but even way back when, it, you know, it was the skills were clearly transferable. Because Jim Clark did his rookie test and then won the Indy Five, that Indy Five Hundred. Mm. But yeah, that's all you got to do: prove that you, prove that you're capable of driving the car, prove that you're safe in it, prove that you know what you're doing. Whereas with this, you you know, with the super license, you've got the amount of hoops that you've got to jump through because you've got to work your way up through your regional series and then, uh, yeah, probably your continental series. Then you get it. Then you get into F three. Then you get into F two, <clears throat> and then you've got to hope. I hope that whichever driver development program you're on has a vacancy. Guan Yu Zhou's also been mentioned for the um, for the Alfa Romeo seat because he would bring money in from his backers, but Renault's a sticking point. Alpine. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a, he's on the Alpine he's on the Alpine list, isn't he? Along he with is. about fifteen others. Mm. Yeah, they they have invested hard in the youth. But then the problem is, if you're on the Alpine program, um, you can't even be used as a make weight to. Um, another F1 team that isn't Alpine with an engine deal. True. I've just, I've just, uh, I've just had a look at the uh, the, the winning margin for uh, Jim Clark. His winning margin was two minutes and five seconds. That's like a, a couple of laps. Easily in 1965. <laughs> That's mad. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would. Does it say what the uh, what the lap times were? No, no, I can't see any any lap times with him. But yeah, his winning lap, his winning, his win, two minutes and five seconds. He was. Um, I think it was six. It, it wasn't his first one though. I got that bit wrong. I think it was his sixty. Sixty four was his first. So it was the second Indy five hundred. Um, yeah, you won it by two two minutes for five seconds. Um, all right, that was Jim Clark, and that was the sixties. But there's still, like Lee said before. They're still single-seater, open-wheel races. The skills are going to be transferable. Mm. Oh, of course, they uh, they don't tell you what the lap times were with it being an oval. They tell you what the speed was, and then they tell you what the uh, what the winning margin was. <laughs> mm. um, but, yeah, I mean, Jim Clark led 190 laps of that race. I think he was quite good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, and he was up against in that race rookie Mario Andretti. Mm-hmm. Also reasonable, yeah. yeah. One of the drivers that made made the jump from Indy to F one and didn't do bad. Yeah, the other Andretti didn't do so well, though, did he? When he did that with uh, was it Michael Andretti? Yeah, we don't we don't talk we don't talk about that one. No, um, but the how many drivers have made the jump from Indy to Formula One? Jacques Villeneuve, Juan Pablo Montoya. Sebastian yep. Bourdais. 
Yeah. Uh, no, did he go Formula One to Indy or Indy to Formula One? He was already champ car champion when Red Bull brought him in and yep. then binned him off rapidly. Uh, yes, I didn't say it was a great example, just an example. He was a good IndyCar driver, <laughs> or champ car as it was then, he just wasn't a good F1 driver. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, because I can't think of many bad examples where an IndyCar driver's come to Formula 1 and not done well. I mean, Alex Zanardi's an odd one, because he was in a bad Formula 1 car, then he went and destroyed IndyCar completely, and then he came back to Formula 1 and he was in a bad Formula 1 car, then he went back to Indy and he was good until his accident. Yeah. You know, I think I think he would have been better if he'd have been in better cars. Wouldn't we all? Oh. <laughs> no, I mean that that, yeah. that that red and white Williams. Oh, the, yeah, awful, yes. awful looking car as well. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so Jacques Villeneuve obviously ninety uh, five was in IndyCar, ninety six was in Formula One, and then was champion in ninety seven. Andretti was in uh, Indy and then switched to Formula One, and he was seventy-eight world champion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I know Emerson Fittipaldi. Thirteen years Fittipaldi after Fittipaldi did Indy, didn't he? Uh, yeah. um, Fittipaldi was F one first, and then retired from F one. Yeah, he... went, went to Indy and drove for about another three thousand years. Yeah, yeah. He well, he, Fittipaldi, Emerson Fittipaldi, twenty years after winning the F one championship, was Nigel Mansell's main rival for the IndyCar championship when <laughs> when he was driving. And bearing in mind, this is a series that, unlike F one, doesn't have power steering. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've still got two teams to go. By the way. Oh crap! Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah I forgot about. Yeah, we've, we've tangented. We went. That that was that was one long time. That was a Joker lap. Uh, right, so um, that leaves Mercedes and Red Bull. Uh, do the top two teams all in all in one hit? Uh, well, we'll do. Perez pa- had a rubbish yeah. Saturday because he didn't do very well. I was going to say we'll do Perez and then the top three. Yes. Yeah, um, um, Pe- I agree with Lee that the, the, the he stole driver of the day because he didn't do a good job on Saturday. Correct. Yeah, um, he's just not good at qualifying the car. I mean, he did get, I think, was he not behind Vettel in the sort of what the fucker has to do in queue? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he might, have, he might have been, actually. I think, yeah, I think he, he should have got an extra lap in that he didn't at the point where track evolution was crazy. I would argue that in a Red Bull, he shouldn't have had to, he shouldn't have been in that position where he had to go out again. There is an element of that as well, yes. Now, I think the problem was, though, the track was coming in that quickly that nobody knew if they were going to be safe or not, and as it turned mm. out, he wasn't. No one is safe if you're there immediately behind a Haas. That is true. If, you yeah, get, well, if you're behind two, does he that was mean still you're out, danger? wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he was still out, wasn't he? He was, still either, he was either out or in the drop zone when he had to go out again. Mm-hmm. It's uh, he was he was nowhere nowhere near oh, safe. Oh yeah, yeah, no, the first the first lap was not good. Yeah, but everyone was in the same boat, so that's not really. There's no, there's not much of an excuse there. Yeah, and then obviously the pit lane start on um, on Sunday. What was it? Um, gearbox and engine components. Yeah, so that he doesn't have to take a penalty later in the season. Yeah, which is I suppose as reasonable a. Uh... Yeah, and, as any. and it gives them a fresh engine for Monza because the teams yeah. always like to run the newest engine that they possibly can there. Did anybody see, was it Nico Rosberg talking to Otmar Safnauer about about starting Vettel from the pit lane? No. No? 
Why did did Vettel need the toilet as well? <laughs> no, no, no. We ignore all of that rubbish. But, uh, uh, it might not be Nico Rosberg. Somebody spoke to uh, spoke to um, Armand Safnauer about well, why didn't you start Vettel from the pit lane? Then you could have changed an engine without giving Vettel a penalty. He's like, oh, actually, I didn't think about that. That might have been a good idea. Oh wow! Oh, oh. <laughs> tremendous. That's Whoa. that's not an admission you make, surely. Yeah, Lee, I know you usually watch on F1 TV. Did you hear Nico Rosberg's t- pre-race toileting habits? No, I didn't. Good. You had the best of the TV. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, firstly, very disturbing that he used the phrase my little toilet to describe a wee. That's quite a disturbing set of words. I, I go for my little toilet. My little toilet. And also, don't piss in your car because you can't be arsed going through a crowd, man. What are you doing? Yeah, that's, yeah. And also that's when... right up there. Um, that that's right up there with when grown men use the word yummy, but not on not with <laughs> not, not speaking to a child. You know, if someone says, "Oh, mm-hmm. is that yummy?" That's perfectly acceptable. But yep. if you've got a, a grown man talking to another adult, so mm, this donut's yummy. Fuck off. Can't, I, like I, can't, I can't argue. I can't argue with that one nope. in the slightest. <laughs> These are all reasonable comments. Uh, right, yeah, next up, are. top three in reverse order. Valtteri, it's James Bottas. <laughs> yeah, I would have had so much more time for Bottas if it actually like properly kept his foot planted in sector three and done like a ridiculous fastest lap. But, well, he did get the fastest lap, didn't he? But then he was. Apparently he backed off in the last sector, and I didn't yeah. think he, you know, backing off in the last sector was going to be that much. Um, but then when you look at Hamilton's fastest lap, was actually one point one seconds quicker than Bottas's. Oh, right, okay. So maybe he did back off. Yeah, I think he backed off. It did massively. take James, didn't it? He backed off massively because uh, Hamilton was only green in the first two sectors on his fastest lap. Well, he wasn't on the on, back on the track at that point yet, was he? No, and Hamilton did his fastest fastest lap, which was the last lap. Hamilton's first two sectors were green compared to Bottas's purple ones. It was only it was oh, all, I see. It, okay. it was all the third sector where Bottas had backed off that Hamilton made the time up. Got you. But yeah, so uh, no, I mean, Bottas is. I don't know if I ever want to see the because it was a bit different, wasn't it? Because Massa wasn't fighting for a championship with Ferrari, um, either team team wise or. Um, you know, for himself. But Massa, when he was just like, well, fuck Ferrari then, I'm racing for myself. Well, you know, when they when they told him they weren't going to renew his contract, I'm racing, Felipe Massa races for Felipe Massa. Uh, and um, I quite want to see Bottas do the same thing, but I don't think he contract. can. Well, yeah, but I don't think he can because he still, obviously still wants to get that team title. Um, does he? Yeah, yeah is, is that so. really what he's there for? <laughs> yeah, does he? Does he? Does he want to help win the constructors' championship where he's not even going to be in that constructor next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so because it doesn't look it doesn't look great if you have a mild falling out with somebody and then you just you, you know you don't do the job your job to the best of your ability. Doesn't matter. Like he's got a contract foot- now for next year, multi-year deal. Mm. Aren't we saying that he- none of us have handed our notice in at work and then spent the whole of the notice period phoning it in? Hear me out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's really fucking suspect that Kimi Räikkönen hands his notice in and then gets the rose. 
Are you suggesting I think it's either a very that he's faking? thing to do. What, like when uh, he says, I'm going to have to come to some kind of arrangement with the team if they're not going to pay me. Oh, I'm out, back surgery. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, are back, we saying that Kimmy is either faking the Rones or has gone out and partied that heartily that he's picked up the Rones? I'm saying there's nothing wrong with Kimmy and he hasn't got the Rones. Well, have you not seen the video that I posted in our chat group? Of him sat on his couch. Yeah. He sat on his couch. I bet he sits on his couch all the time. Yeah, that yeah. strikes me as standard Kimmy behaviour. <laughs> He's um, clearly not ill, though, is he? No. So, if Kimmy has had thought, I've had a fucking enough of this, and I, I can't... Because when I was looking at the championship yesterday, oh, this he scored two points this year. He's had two-tenths. That is not the season... For a driver like Kimi Raikkonen wants to have, no. yeah, you can see so, why this this year has sort of crushed it for him. He's like, nah, he's, I'm he, done. he's had a Jensen Jensen Button year, hasn't he? Jensen Button and Fernando Alonso McLaren year, mm. yeah, where it's it's just time for him not to be in that situation anymore. That'd have even gone worse. I'd have got a Damon Hill at Jordan year. So, if um, Damon won a race in Jordan, yeah, but not in his last season. No. When he wanted to retire because he couldn't be bothered anymore. But, but, but barring a, a slight Williams issue here, um, would you, if you, um, if you're in a situation you like uh, Salber are in or uh, Alfa Romeo are in, wouldn't you prefer trying to get your next year's driver in the car? Before the end of the season, if the if you're like if Kimi Raikkonen decided he didn't want to race anymore, also, if you were Mercedes, do you think George Russell would be more help to Lewis Hamilton winning a world championship than a broken Bottas? Interesting, mm. very interesting. Because I think this works for Bottas as well. Mm. You're listening to this week's game of Shag works, Marie Kill F1 for, style to get himself out of that team. <laughs> yeah, but it works. It works better this way because if you have um, if you have Bottas go straight there, that means he can build the relationship up with his new team. He can try and dust himself off from being absolutely fucking destroyed by Hamilton for these this many years. Um, and you you also you bring your new like new guy up where he can get used to working with the team and you can sort of kind of massage that relationship as well a little bit between Hamilton and George because George is going to come in unable to win the world championship this year. Mm. I suspect if Mercedes want a favour from Williams in not giving Albon a seat then probably taking away their sort of main asset is probably not the way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bearing know. in mind as well that Bottas could potentially score Alfa Romeo points, uh-huh. that Williams are ahead of Alfa Romeo in the championship at the moment. And, so I, I, don't... and I can't see Nick De Vries coming into a Williams, if it's not Albon, and scoring points. Yeah, so no. to protect that Williams lead, I think Williams would put their foot down there and be like, you can wait till January, boys. I don't think uh, there's anything Bottas could do in that Alfa Romeo that would turn over, what, a fucking like, 19-point deficit. 
It's not. Is it nineteen points? Eight. Maybe not nineteen points. No, it's uh, sixteen. Eight. I think Alpha, Alpha are on four. Williams are on twenty. Yeah, even so. I mean, that's yeah. It, the, it should the, be the, a good the, enough lead. Yeah, that 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 is that like the the sneaky fucking podium for Russell <laughs> has all but sorted that out, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, Will, Will, so, William, yeah. Williams are eight. Alpha, Alpha are nine. Yeah, has to get the Giovinazzi Participation Award. I just wonder whether there's after that because obviously we wouldn't do it now because we've got a race next weekend. But what use? What? How good is Bottas going to be for the rest of the year? Uh, he might win in Sochi, but that's about it. <laughs> he does like a bit of Sochi, doesn't he? I mean, it's it's he's had. Two um two girls at winning where he's been jamed out of it. <laughs> it's it's all it was almost a meme that wasn't it when it popped in uh, when he when he uh, radioed into Valtteri. <laughs> oh, I, Valtteri, I, it's James. I, I was on the yeah. te- I was on the text chat on Discord, and then my first response was, "All in caps, Valtteri, it's James. Finish your drink." I feel that there's going to be certain there's been certain times in Valtteri's life. Where he's been having sex with his wife or girlfriend, and all of a sudden James has walked naked into his room and gone, Valtteri, it's James, withdraw, please. Anyway, moving swiftly on. We then had, uh, <laughs> we then had Hamilton in second, which is where he got off the line and where he pretty much stayed, except for the pit stop shuffling. Because, yeah, because Max Verstappen had pull, had a great start, was about two and a half seconds up by the end of the first lap. Something like that. Max was absolutely mighty, and I thought we might see something like where, especially after that first lap, where Verstappen just did an, an old school Vettel and disappeared like 30, 40 seconds into the distance. <laughs> um, Hamilton did keep him honest, you know, kept, you know, I think the gap got up to like four or five seconds at one point, and then it was back down again to like two. Um, but there was nothing Lewis or Mercedes could have done. Uh, they say that a home crowd gives you an extra few tenths. My God, Verstappen must have had. An, there's so much noise that they must have been giving him an extra second a lap. Mm. Like it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, Mercedes, and, Mercedes uh, strategy didn't exactly pay off, though. Um, it was no. They rolled the dice. If it had come off, if it come off well. We'd all be sat here now going, oh, what genius move that was by Mercedes to do that so early. But it now looks silly because all Red Bull had to do was cover them off. And mm. in the past, Red Bull have been guilty of not reacting quick enough. Yeah, I mean, Horner's come out and said today, and I think this one was with Autosport, that um, they were quite prepared to sacrifice a win to Bottas just to cover Hamilton. Because yeah. they only had, you know, they had one car against two. Obviously... Hamilton is the important one because of the uh, because of the situation with the championship. Cover off Hamilton and stay ahead of him. Well, he's not extending his lead anymore. No, and now Max goes in with a three point lead to Monza. But it's interesting what Christian Horner was saying after after the race. Um, obviously, Zandvoort was a was a circuit that was kind of more suited to to the Red Bull, um, a bit more circuit dependent for the cars. But they go to Monza, you know. It's hard to tell at the moment, but it does look like on previous form for for you know the early part of the season, it's probably going to be a Mercedes favourite track. Mm-hmm. So, and then you've got you've got a run of Mercedes favourite tracks, uh, uh, Sochi as well. After Sochi, isn't it after Monza? 
And then you go Singapore, which is a Red Bull circuit. Which isn't happening. Was it not? No, it was cancelled a while back, that, I think. Well, it was, yeah, yeah. Tur- Turkey to... instead of Singapore? Is that what's happening? I think, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think Tur- Turkey is... Turkey's then? That that race has sort of moved about a bit, hasn't it? So I've sort of lost track, but I think it's Turkey. Um, hang on. Yeah, Turkish Grand Prix on the 8th of October, which is in the same place as the cancelled Japanese Grand Prix. Um, the Turkish Grand Prix, was it was wet, wasn't it, last year? And we saw that Hamilton masterclass where he, um, you know, sealed his, uh, his championship. But then you got the U.S. Grand Prix, which again is is definitely a sort of Mercedes-based circuit and has been in the past. Mexico, which is Red Bull, Brazil, which is Red Bull, um, and now, then now, it, now it's the twenty-first of November that's going to be interesting because it's either going to be uh, Qatar, which is a complete and utter outlier, mm-hmm. and no one yeah. knows what the hell that's going to be, or the Squirrel, in which case. It could be Mercedes it, again. It, it could be Mercedes because I mean, if you look at if you look at the pace that Russell had there last year, yeah, yeah, until until the pit stop screw ups, and all right, yeah. the finish was a complete surprise to everyone. But um, yeah, but then you've got the Jeddah Street circuit in Saudi Arabia. Nobody knows what's going to happen there, and that's the second to last Grand Prix of the year. And it's a totally new circuit. It's still only half built as well at the minute. Oh dear, mm. so, is that a bit did... up in the air as well? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it'll be fine. But yeah, F1 put some aerial photos of it up a couple of weeks ago. Still looks like a pile of sand. Right, okay. And then obviously, you know, Abu Dhabi has been a little bit of bit of both, hasn't it, over the years, really? It's been mostly Mercedes, but then obviously Max won there last year. So Yeah, I, th- I think it's the 21st of November and 5th, 5th of December as things stand races that are going to be going to be interesting. Um, the November one for where it is and who it plays into and Saudi Arabia because we're definitely into the unknown and Zandvoort was really the unknown up until this weekend. Yeah, but it was, it was as I said, I don't think the race was particularly special. Um, I think we've seen it before though where we go to circuits and the first race at a new circuit isn't that great because people are just finding their feet. Baku, but, Baku was getting mentioned a lot on Twitter and on the, on uh, on chat on Sunday for their first year. Yeah, but I think that Zandvoort is going to be one of those races come next year. It's going to be an absolute stormer, especially if the cars can follow each other and race each other much closer. And they put DRS on the uh, on the banking on the last corner, which they should have done this year. Yeah, they weren't one hundred percent convinced it was going to work, even though that corner was designed with DRS in mind. <laughs> That's why it was banked. Yeah. I mean, I can't give you the names of the corners because all we got was Tarzan and 13 others with Dutch names. Uh, the Hu- what, was that? what was that? Hugen Holtz. Blitz. I can't, I can't, I can't speak there, Dutch. Yeah. I, can't, I can't speak. Dutch is a very confusing language. There's the um, Galakbot, Hugen Holtz Bock. Hugen Holtz Bock. That was the one I was looking at. I was like, what the hell? Uh, Slottermaker Bock. I'm gonna. We're gonna get a load of tweets from our Dutch listeners giving us the correct pronunciations again. Apologies. Oh, absolutely. If you are yeah. No, I don't... And of course, but, I mean, and of course, Bock Nine and Bock Ten. Those ones are messing about, 10, yeah. are they? They know what they're on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. Turn fourteen. The big bank curve at the end. Ari Lyondike. Previous double total. Who's a total shunt? Yes. Because yes. Lee, Lee read the wrong one out twice. Oh, well, once, because he'd already done that one. I, I, re- I read them out right twice, not <laughs> wrong. You, 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 read, you did a repeat. 
It was yes. It was it was so it was, good. We had it twice. Yeah, just like that episode of Dad's Army. Oh wait, <laughs> that's all of them. <laughs> it's it's got the, talking it, of which. It's got is the it one, that time. It's got the one joke and stuck with it. Not not quite yet because we haven't done um, we haven't done rock stars and wankers yet. We haven't done any uh, any predictions for Monza. So rock stars and wankers for um, for Zandvoort. The, uh, the crowd. Dutch fans, rock stars. Although, to be honest, do we call them rock stars? Because with the amount of musical entertainment that was on offer, are they more hard house stars? Maybe. No, rock stars. No, it doesn't <laughs> matter. They were having an amazing time. Like, <laughs> without the fans, that would have been it. Would have been nothing. That mm. that you know. That's what made me want to go. The fact that the fans were having such a great time. I'm mm. like, I'm go to this race next year. Mm. Yeah, um, FOM for remembering that um, Holland had more former drivers than Jos by getting Guido van der Gaard and Robert Doorknobs to do the interviews. <laughs> Robert Doorknobs. <laughs> I like van der Gaard, you know. He seems like such a decent person. He's, he's, kind, he's, kind, of, he's kind of like the James Blunt of motor racing on Twitter. Yeah, he's been consistently funny on Twitter, and he, he just seems like a nice guy. I, in fact, to be perfectly honest, even if I had two drivers... I'd probably still give him a drive. <laughs> you won't be the first. <laughs> a sobering thought. Just, just ah, very good. Just thinking about it, Nick Nick DeVries is Dutch, isn't he? He is. So you know, if you want to ride that wave of of Dutch, you know, not supremacy, but you know, Dutch popularity in Formula One. If anybody's thinking of signing him now, might be a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Any other any other rock stars and wankers? Um, are we doing the sort of traditional Hass being wankers just because of their general Hassness? Do you know traffic what? I think... was wankers. Yeah, traffic was traffic wankery. Traffic in quality. Which was caused by Hass, so. Mm. Um... In fact, do you know what? Hass um, not getting a, a penalty for backing up. Um, Vettel when it was exactly the same situation mm. that got Vettel a penalty in yeah. was it Austria? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, so Stewart's that's pretty wankery. Yeah. Stewart Stewart's being wankers perfect, perfectly reasonable. Um, track designers being rock stars because we didn't have the debate about track limits because there was nothing but gravel. Yeah. Off, yeah. Kept it old line, school. And that meant you had to stay on track. Yeah, Alonso's, it was old school, wasn't it? It was good. Alonso's opening lap. Rockstar, definitely. Do we call do we call Seba Wanker for the for bringing out the first yellow that far into the race? Not really. It was thirty nah, something laps in. Yeah. It was bored. like lap one. Then fair enough. No, F three managed that this weekend. Um. Yeah, that's probably about it. I think one more rock star for the weekend. Oh, friend of the podcast, Alice Powell. Yes. Oh yes, women. of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, w- women series. Yeah, yeah. W-, w series um, championship leader again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Abby as well for uh, was it eighth? She finished. I think so. Yeah, qualified fifth as well, which is just ridiculous for second yeah. time out. Fantastic. In the series. Yeah. Yeah. If she, if she doesn't have a permanent drive in uh, W series next year, there's something definitely wrong because mm-hmm. you know t- two drives at two drives. Yeah. Two eighth places. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, absolutely excellent. With the last lap overtake as well, I think it was. Mm. Yes. Right then, um, predictions for Monza. 
I mean, all things being equal, it should be a Mercedes dominant display, you would expect, unless there's some like wild weather situation. Don't forget, we've got sprint qualifying this weekend. Oh, fuck, I'd forgotten about that, actually. Yeah, we have. Oh, holy Get hell. Get up. Oh. I'm happy about that. I mean, don't forget, I think they've done the sprint qualifying because the last last couple of years, qualifying at Monza has been an absolute shit It has show. been a bit of an arse, hasn't it? I mean, actually, we didn't fully watch sprint qualifying at Silverstone because a boat caught fire outside our window and we went to watch that instead. That is true. Um, so, yeah, difficult then. Uh, I think I'm still going to go for sort of a fairly boring podium. I think I'll still go Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen literally the most boring podium yeah i think i'm doing the same to be perfectly honest uh i'm gonna go hamilton verstappen bottas i'm gonna go hamilton verstappen norris we thought you would um if you want to join in with the predictions now this is going to be predictions for the main race rather than uh, rather than sprint qualifying so, what happens on Sunday? Um, go to the website, threelegsfourwheels.com. Go to the games section, and it's 2021 Prediction League. Predict top three and pole position, which, of course, this time is going to be who finishes first in the sprint on Saturday. And also, Please. is there going to be is there going to be a safety car and number of DNFs? Um, see how you're doing on the league, which is up there. I'll have the prediction page for this one live by the time you listen to this show um right shunting time yes because i'm just just before we do i'm just gonna oh. che- just gonna check the news just just to see if nothing just to nothing see if has snuck it in. right uh no but alex jakes is a fairly i've just good... seen alex jakes is yeah tweet. oh i haven't yeah i haven't oh he's uh tweeted and it's the most wonderful time of the year and wished everyone a happy george russell eve so we can officially say that it's it going to be bloody like Tuesday news. Tuesday news incoming. Right. So if it isn't, if it isn't George Russell, you'll oh, have heard we've it. known this. We've known this since yesterday. We have, unless <laughs> unless I've done a jump cut, then we haven't. Congratulations, enter name here. <laughs> Guido Vandergaard. <laughs> Well, he was there, so who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, he... Could have been signing. He doesn't need well, to... Are you he... still there? Yeah, he doesn't need to sign. He just turns up and grabs a spare race suit. <laughs> uh, right, Lee, shunt time. Oh, Matt Crash and update. So, Lee, oh. at the moment... So do we have to talk amongst ourselves for a minute? We can talk about. We can talk amongst ourselves, or... I thought Lee was quiet. Yeah, it makes a bloody change, doesn't it? Um... I can hit pause and we can wait till Lee comes back, or I can do a shunt from the reserve list, which we get sent, Ooh. which I get sent just in case this kind of thing happens. Uh, Your call. I'm not bothered either or. Um. Right. Okay. If he's doing an update as well as a crash, he might be a minute. To be fair. So. Yeah, I I think so. So let's. So it might be double shunt. Yeah, the, we could the, double. We, we, can we could double. have a double. Don't forget, we do need uh, we do need good shunts for next week because uh, Virtual Statman's joining us for yes. our three hundredth show. Can we have actually? Oh. Can we have actually done that many shows? I've just made the mistake of adjusting my microphone slightly to suit my slightly more reclined position. 
So, and I'm convinced it's now going to smack me in the face. So. Uh, yeah, the mic stand is lighter than the mic, so that yeah. probably happens. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to get to, going to get topical with the shunt because this has been sent to us by uh, Rolf Teve from the Netherlands. Very nice. Hello, Netherlands. So, are we ready? Yes. I was born. Can I get a yay? yay. Correct way. Yay. Correct way to start the shunt. This is strong. Uh, in 1943. Okay. okay. A long time ago. Oh, and and pronounce- during the war. I, I pronounced the name wrong. It's Rolf Tewey, not Rolf Tewey. Fair enough. I know you're not a name basher like Lee, but anyway, dot, dot, dot. No, it's gone wrong t- already. Turns out I am. <laughs> um, clue two. I died in a racing accident three months shy of my 40th birthday. So that would be in 1973. So 80, 80, 80, yes. 80, 82 correct. or 82. My maths is... Oh, I know. Wait, hang on. 83 or 84. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Okay. Okay. Clue three. I, dr- I have driven for seven different Formula One teams. And I will need a guess. So this is someone who's bounced around a little bit. Gilles Villeneuve wasn't... Uh, he was He was 79, was it? 1979, his... his... Death or 81? I thought it was I 82. I get very confused. Maybe it is. But um, he wasn't 40, though, was I he? I don't believe he was, no. Hmm. But I don't have a be... smarter offer than Gilles Villeneuve. I think, yeah, I think somebody else may have died in either in that incident or at that race, and much like... Um, <laughs> much like the guy whose name I've just forgotten. Uh, also... <laughs> Roland Ratzenberger uh, gets forgotten about a little bit with when it comes to the, uh, you know, the memorialization of the whole thing. Uh, I can't remember who that was, but we'll continue. Which is one of the few few good things that Max Mosley ever did was going to his funeral because it was at the same time as Senna's and mm-hmm. everybody else went to uh, Brazil, but Max Mosley actually went to Austria. Well done, Max. Oh, well, he's not listening. He's also dead now. Right. So, um, so you <laughs> this go... is taking a cheery turn. So, so you go, you're going for Gilles Villeneuve as your first guess? Yes, please. Um, possibly, yeah. Okay. Uh, clue four. I entered 63 F1 races, but only started 54. Well, back in the days of pre-qualifying. Yeah. But, I mean, starting 54 at 63... It's not, it's it's, not you, terrible. You, no, it's pretty good. Um, I scored a career total of 14 points, and my only podium finish was the 1970 Austrian GP. I feel this is not Gilles Villeneuve. No, that's too early for Gilles Villeneuve, isn't it? 1970, my only podium? Yeah. Have it's not going to be some. It's not no. It's not going to be somebody that's, that's particularly well known, is it? No. No, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be a, a niche, a niche one. This. This is obviously Jochen Rint died in nineteen seventy, but uh-huh. he he obviously had more than one podium because he won a yes. world championship. Yes. Yeah. Um. Clue six. Although I did F1, I was more successful in sports cars. Okay, yeah, not not hugely up on sports cars anyway, but especially not from... No. Oh, oh dear. Mm. You appear to be stumped on this one. 
Yes. Yeah, so far. Yep. Do you want to bank your next guess and we'll just keep going? I've got to be honest, I don't have anything to offer, so uh, I think that might be might be for the best. All right. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I, don't really, I might have an idea, but I want more clues first. Right. Okay, clue seven. I have driven in the 24 hours of, and for the, one of the first times on a total shunt, it'll be said properly, Le Mans. Mm-hmm. With... Well, no, hang on. Where, what about Lee Mans? <laughs> Lee Mans. I've driven in the 24 hours of Lee Mans with Paul Newman. <laughs> Did Lee come back on yet? No, no not hasn't. yet. I'm keeping an, eye on the, <laughs> keeping an eye on the chat. So, yeah, I've driven in the 24 hours of that French race at that circuit where nobody can agree on the pronunciation mm-hmm. <laughs> with Paul Newman. Clue number eight. I am a four times winner of the 24 hours of Daytona. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Possible American or Possible American sounds sounds reasonable. <clears throat> and it takes a little bit of a dark turn from now. Oh Christ. Yeah. Okay, so hang on. How many how many more guesses before we have to give our got, um, um, Is this clue number eight? That was clue number eight. I've got it up to number oh, ten. Oh shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> we should know who it is by now. Mm. Yeah, I've n I'm I'm not doing so well, I don't think. And here's where it starts to take the dark turn. Clue nine. At the nineteen seventy five Spanish Grand Prix, my car had a rear wing failure which caused it to fly into the crowd, killing five spectators. Oh yes. Um I've seen I don't think it's video I think I've seen pictures of what happened. Very grim. And clue ten. In my final race I also crashed due to a rear wing failure, which led to my death by severe brain injury. Oh dear! Yeah, that'll do the it. Rear wing failure. Three months shy of his fortieth birthday. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, I I do not know. I mean, Francois Sever was before that. He died in like seventy seventy three. Uh, Yeah, I can't. Desperately scrabbling around trying to find it, <laughs> trying to find a spaffer. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep 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 going, keep going, keep going. If you can. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of drivers from from the seventies who would have possibly met a, a, an end on the track, which, of course, is never what you want to see or hear of, but it was quite um, common back then. Uh, obviously, Jochen Rindt, but we've previously mentioned it can't be him, because he was a posthumous world champion in 1970. Um, one podium is a bit that's, that, that, that's getting me as well. Yeah. If it's one podium, I don't think it's a driver that we're going to know. The only one I can kind of think of from that era, and I don't, I think he had way more than one podium. I think uh, Chris Amon had, um, I think he had the record for the most podiums without a win until Roman Grosjean came along. (laughs) So I don't think it's him. I think he got more than one podium, and I don't know, I can't remember how Chris Amon died, whether it was. Whether it was natural causes or whether he died on the track, I'm not sure. 
The, the only spaffer I can remotely find is in my one NASCAR race at Talladega, I came 39th. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> this, is, this is not helpful information. <laughs> I really have nothing to offer. Nah, I think we are. Well, I am certainly stumped. Absolutely I haven't got this defeated. one at all. Yeah. Uh, no. congr- Congratulations, um, Rolf. You have um, you have stumped. Well, you've stumped Sean and Chris. Um, it was Rolf Stommelen. Rolf Stommelen. Yes. I do not know of Mister Stommelen, yeah. but I like his name. Yeah, German German driver, rocking the um, rocking the curly hair and aviator shades, looking his. Uh, in his Wikipedia I'm, page picture, I'm, I'm, I may Google now. Um, his, la- his last race was look. actually um, a six-hour GT race at Riverside International Raceway, right? Uh, with Derek Bell as his co-driver, he seems to have had a fairly interesting career. Um, the F1 teams that he drove for, uh, Roy Winkleman Racing. Um, yeah. Our favourite German publication, Automotor und Sport, mm. had a team. Oh, okay. Uh, that merged with Surtees. He also drove for Graham Hill's Embassy Racing Team, um, Hesketh Racing in 1976. So and, he took James Hunt's place. Yeah, and moved to Arrows in 1978. Well, I'm sorry that I didn't recognise Mr. Stommelund, but he he looks very familiar. He has that very sort of seventies racing car driver look. He looks he? a little bit like um, Lewis Collins in The Professionals. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of that seventies maverick detective cop show kind of look. We're discussing wiki pages. I don't, th- I don't think Lee's coming back, is he? <laughs> oh, he's he's binned us off. Yeah, cause... I think I think he has. Right. If you want to send in a total shunt, then the best way to do it to to get it to Lee is to send a DM on Twitter or Instagram to at a total shunt. If you want to get one on the reserve list, because I'm uh, I am now one down. Um, thank you, Rolf, for sending that one in. Then you can drop it drop it on an email. Wait, no, he Rolf didn't send it in, did he? Or that was the driver. Uh, Ro- uh, Rolf Tway sent it in. He sent. Oh, okay. He sent a shunt in that was his there name. There are more than one Rolf. Oh, okay. Oh, we can mention the name Rolf without any connotations while he's not here. This is brilliant. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Quickly moving on. Yes. Qu- yeah. Um, so if you want to want to send it in to put it on the reserve list, uh, three legs four wheels at gmail dot com, and you can use that email address to get in touch with us as well. Um, you can get on um, get in touch with us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at three legs four wheels, and individually we are at Sean Cowper, at Flood Twenty One, and at Pablo One Hundred. Um, if you want to get want to get access to the show early, you can sign up for Patreon as well. If you go to patreon.com slash three legs four wheels, you can sign up from as little as one dollar, one pound or one euro a month. Sometimes we do um an extra show for patrons when um well when when the hard work time break down, us. Um, when we've got yeah, the, when we've got um, the time to do it. And everything you um everything you pledge and donate, it goes to um the upkeep of the show, keeping us sane, buying us biscuits, that that sort of important stuff. The important stuff. And it was a it was a Patreon payout, just happened now, so I hope we've all got quality biscuits tonight. Not currently. Chris, you are you are letting the side down. I am. Uh, we will be back next week for our 300th show. Uh, we'll be joined by Virtual Statman. If you want to drop us a message and 
ask how the hell we made it to 300 shows, then the answer to that is do it, but we haven't got a bloody idea how. Hmm. <laughs> um, but we want to thank everyone for listening over um, over these last six six years, six and a half years. Nearly seven. Yeah, almost, almost seven. My God. Um, so yes, thank you, thank you to um, everyone for listening over the last two hundred and ninety nine shows, and uh, let's let's see what the uh, Italian Grand Prix and uh, show number three hundred brings. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. We will. Bye. Bye. See ya.